all that singing has me a little parched, so. Well, good morning, Poetry Baptist Church. Friends and visitors, welcome. Let's pray together. God, thank you again for this morning. We love to pray. We love to pray to a God who is Yahweh, who is the forever one, who is the Lamb of God, Father, Son, and Spirit, eternal Trinity. We love you, God. We pray this morning lives will be changed, hearts will be moved, people will be drawn into your kingdom, that you would be glorified. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Todah. Todah. If you're not familiar with that word, it's a word that occurs in the Old Testament in Hebrew, and it means thanksgiving. Just last week, we as Americans, we celebrated a national holiday. Surprises some of us that not everyone in the world is American. Not everyone celebrates Thanksgiving, the last Thursday in November. It's a little shocking for some of us. As a little kid growing up, I thought everybody celebrated Thanksgiving, you know? It's kind of one of those egocentric, cultural-centric ideas, Thanksgiving. But just because we don't all celebrate the American holiday Thanksgiving doesn't mean that we shouldn't all celebrate Todah, Thanksgiving. How'd you spend it? How did you spend your Thanksgiving? Was it a day of being truly thankful? Was it? Oftentimes the pastor asks a question and we know the right answer, so we shake our heads. But were you truly thankful on Thanksgiving? And before you answer that, let's dive a little bit further in and find out what Thanksgiving is. Because maybe in your mind, you were thankful, but maybe your idea of Thanksgiving and thankfulness isn't really God's idea. Maybe you were focused on what was missing from your day. Maybe a recollection of years gone past with a bigger family, more loved ones, a bigger celebration with more food and not a TV dinner. Maybe you're focused on what's fair and what Thanksgiving should have been, that it should have been bigger and better, it should have been supersized. Were you focused on Christ or were you focused on you? and your stuff and your desires. See, many of us think of Thanksgiving as a day to load up on food and drink and football and shopping. Some of us think that Thanksgiving's a day that we get to indulge ourselves in grief. Any of those things aren't necessarily bad, but they can become addictions. They can be th things that distract and detract from God and his glory. And when that happens, as the New Testament tells us, and Paul wrote in Romans 14, 23, anything that does not come from faith is sin. Indulgences. The things that take us away from the king and his kingdom and his will. And we put the focus on us. Todah. Were you really thankful I don't preach a lot of topical sermons, but as we dive into this Advent season, this being the first week of Advent, 
You see over here to the side on our Lord's Supper table, we have that first candle burning, the first week of Advent, which means arrival. As we anticipate the arrival of Christ on that Christmas morning, we have to do some things to prepare our hearts. And if we really don't know what thanksgiving is and we don't really know how to be thankful, see, when Jesus arrives, we'll find ourselves not that dissimilar from the Jewish leaders who at some point decided that they wanted to kill Jesus. Todah. Turns out that in Scripture, Todah is pretty sparse. The idea, the word, the concept of thanksgiving, it doesn't really show up that often in the Old Testament. We don't see it in Adam. We don't see it in Noah. We don't even see it in Abraham. We don't see it in Isaac. We don't see it in Moses. We don't see it in the book of Joshua or Judges. We don't see it in the books of the prophets. We don't see it in the priesthood. We don't see it in the book of Kings. It's almost exclusive to two books in the entire Old Testament. Leviticus, where God told us what Todah, Thanksgiving, was. And in the book of Chronicles, which was written after the exile, after the Jews had lost the king and the temple and their land and the priesthood, and everything was taken away from them, they finally learned what it meant to be thankful. Todah. So I'm going to have us look in the book of Leviticus to see what exactly is Todah. What exactly did God ordain? Leviticus chapter 7. You can turn there if you'd like, or you can just listen as I read. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible. There's nothing special or divinely inspired about it. Beginning in verse 11. Now this is the law of the fellowship sacrifice that someone may, may present to the Lord. If he presents it for thanksgiving for Todah, in addition to the Todah sacrifice, he is to present unleavened cakes mixed with olive oil. Mm. Unleavened wafers coated with oil. Well-kneaded cakes of fine flour mixed with oil. He is to present as his offering cakes of leavened bread. So now we've got leavened and unleavened bread with his Todah sacrifice, his Thanksgiving sacrifice of fellowship. From all of this stuff, from the cakes, he is to present one portion of each as an offering, a contribution to the Lord. It will belong to the priest who splatters the blood of the fellowship offering. It is his, belongs to the priest. The meat of his thanksgiving, his todah sacrifice of fellowship, must be eaten on the day he offers it. He may not leave any until morning. Todah. See, in the book of Leviticus, it gives us a little bit of a picture, a little window into what God had ordained. 
And so some of the things that we find out about Todah is that Todah, unlike many of the other sacrifices and the things that happen in the sacrificial system, is that it's voluntary. Unlike a sin or a guilt or a shame or an atonement or many of the other offerings in the Old Testament we see in Leviticus, it's voluntary. It's not compulsory. You can do it if you'd like. No one's going to force you. But it also means that voluntary doesn't mean that anything goes. See, if you're going to bring it to God, it doesn't mean you just get to bring whatever you feel like. You know what? I got a waffle left over from last week that I'm probably not going to eat. I got some leftover McDonald's that I'm probably not going to touch that. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring that to the priest. That's going to be my offering unto the Lord. See, when Cain did something like that, right, Abel brought the best stuff that he could think of to the Lord, and God looked on it with favor. But Cain, he just kind of said, yeah, this will do. And when Cain did that, it tells us in Genesis chapter 4 that God didn't look on his offering, which meant he didn't look on Cain with favor. We can't just do whatever we want. There's meat, there's cakes, there's unleavened bread, there's wafers, there's leavened bread, there's all kinds of stuff. It's this huge meal that we're supposed to prepare with the best stuff that we have to bring. The best stuff. And when we bring it, when we make this huge thing, we're supposed to take a little bit of each and we're supposed to bring it to the temple, the tabernacle in this case. And as we bring it forward, we're going to bring it to the priests. It means we don't get to do todah by ourselves in our war room, in our prayer closet. It means that we have to do it in community. You've got to go out in public. See, that's what praise is. It's public and it's vocal. It's on display. And so as we go forward and we prepare this big meal and we give some to the priest, chances are the priest is going to ask us, what happened? What is this that you're going to give thanks for? And see, it becomes public and it's vocal. And see, now somebody knows what God did in your life. But see, what we do is what we say in our culture today is my faith is a private thing. It's a private thing. And it's personal. And see, what we do when we keep it private and we keep it personal, not to say that it can't be personal or it shouldn't be personal, but that's not the primary point. That we've got to bring it out into the public. And see, todah is a form of praise. And all praise is public and vocal. And so then we go back and God said that you can't leave any for tomorrow. There's no leftovers with the Todah sacrifice, with the Todah, the Thanksgiving offering. There's no Tupperware. There's no refrigerators. You can't leave it. Everybody's got, so what do you have to do with this big, huge meal? You're not going to waste it. You're not going to throw it away. So I call up Tanya and Bump, and I say, hey, guys, I want you to come over. Robert, Shannon, Poppy, John, Anita, I want you guys to all come over because I've got this big meal that I prepared, a todah, Thanksgiving offering, and everybody says, yeah, I'll be there because there's food. 
And see, we as Baptists, we know what that's all about. See, when we get together and we have our potlucks and we celebrate, it should be a todah. It should be a thanksgiving offering. And if you invite all your friends and you're, you're kind of chowing down and you're filling up and you realize there's no way we're going to finish all this, what's the onus? What's the responsibility that's on you? I can't leave any till tomorrow. God said so. What do you do? I better find some more friends. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to start inviting more people. I've invited everybody that I know. Now I'm going to invite people that I don't know. And it starts to kind of foreshadow that wedding banquet in the book of Revelation. We're going out into the countryside. The people, the Jews, they rejected that offering. And so God extended it to the people who were on the outskirts, the marginalized. You go and you invite everybody that you know because you don't want to dishonor God. And then when everybody's gathered around this big, lavish banquet table, what do you do? You open up another bottle of whiskey? You turn on the football? You kind of ignore those relatives and the people that you don't really like and you kind of migrate to the other part of the house? Well, I only have to put up with them one day out of the year. That's what we do. But what God ordained is that you get all these people together in this community space and you make it public and you make it vocal and you give thanks. You give thanks to God for what he's done because he's good and his kessed faithful love endures forever and it's good. See, it's voluntary and it's a celebration. See, there's a buzz in the air. Is that what your Thanksgiving was like? Was there a buzz in the air when people came into your house or you went over to somebody's house? Was there a buzz in the air? I'm not dogging you, see, because we didn't have this lavish, elaborate Thanksgiving celebration at our house. We didn't. And as I was preparing the sermon today, I said, shame on me. Shame on me that it was a day of Sabbath rest. Let's just kind of kick back, watch a couple of movies, and it had nothing to do with Thanksgiving. Nothing. There should be a buzz in the air. There's something up. Something's happened. Something's changed. See, there was a condition or a situation where something just wasn't right. And I called out to God like that leper, and I said, God, would you intervene? Would you change the course, the path that my life is on? Would you change it? And see, God answered just like he did to Jonah when he was in the belly of that whale. Oftentimes it takes that kind of situation and circumstance for us to really realize, I need help. Todah is a form of praise. I said that. All Todah is yada, but not all yada is Todah. Write that down. I'm going to say it one more time. All Todah, all thanksgiving is yada, praise, but not all yada, praise, is Todah, thanksgiving. There's going to be a quiz on this at the end. I see heads going up and down, but there's kind of a blank stare. See, all praise is vocal, and it's public, 
But there are other forms of praise than thanksgiving. But all of our thanksgiving, if you're really going to give thanks, it can't be laying in bed at night while you're under your covers by yourself and say, thanks be to God. That's not todah. You can say that in your heart, but you better go and tell somebody. You better make it public and you better make it vocal because that's what God says todah is. Todah is always a form of praise. So like I just said, todah is not private. It can't be private. There's community that's required. All this food and we got to eat it today. You've got a captive audience. Tell them the story about what God has done. Instead, we turn on the tube. What do you guys want to watch? You want to watch Elf? I love Elf. I love it, and I'm not knocking it. Maybe you turn on another Christmas or holiday story or a movie. It's not the time. After you've given thanksgiving to God and everybody knows where you stand and what he's done, maybe then you can turn on the movie. It's not primarily personal. We live in a culture where everything is about me. It's private. I'm a consumer. I'm the end user. It's about me. It's about what I want. It's about my needs. We're not the end user. It's not primarily personal. It's public and it's vocal. And we better tell somebody. I shared a story with the kids this morning from the Gospel of Luke, and I'm going to ask you to turn there now. We're going to spend just a little bit of time in Luke. Todah, Thanksgiving. The story of the ten lepers from Luke 17. I read it for the kids, and I want you to listen. I want you to listen with a spirit of thanksgiving. While traveling to Jerusalem, he, Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered in a village, ten men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance, raised their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he told them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. While they were going, they were cleansed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned with a loud voice, gave glory to God. In your Bible, where that period is right there, I don't want you to think of it as that period. Now there's a whole new and separate thought. See, he gave glory to God. What does that look like? It tells us in the very next sentence. He fell face down at Jesus' feet. That's giving glory to God and thanking him. Todah. Jesus, thank you. And Luke's gospel tells us that he was a Samaritan, someone who is despised by the Jews, someone who is a second, maybe even a third-class citizen. And Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus told them, get up, go on your way, your faith has saved you. Go, show yourself. See, Todah is always public. See, the first thing that this Samaritan leper had to do was he had to make a request. Have you made a request? 
or are you just wallowing in your sorrows? And I say that not to shame anyone, but what many of us do is that we hang on and we're, we're actually happy and we're content in our sorrows. We kind of like the discontent because after a while, it starts to become the new normal. And we don't really want to change anything. What we really want to do is we really just want to be complainers. Have you called out to Jesus? Have you? Have you been very specific about what it is that you want Jesus to do? See, because what's required in that request is recognition of who God is. All of them said, Lord Jesus, Master. He is the Master. Have you called out to him as your healer? As your doc in a box? As the great physician who needs to do something for me because I put my prayer in the cosmic vending machine in the sky. So Jesus, you better perform. You're my little grinder monkey guy. Come on. Come on, Jesus. And Jesus says, no. I'm the eternal son. I'm Messiah. I'm the Shiloh of Genesis 49.10 to whom all tribute and authority belongs. And if we don't come to him like that, then don't come to him at all. And oftentimes what it takes is for us to be broken and destitute and absolutely depraved. To call out to him in all honesty and transparency. Drop all the facade. We'll kind of walk up to him as a man. Hey, uh, Jesus, what's going on, bro? Yeah, I need you to hook me up over here. But we won't get down on our faces and weep because we're too big a man. Don't show your emotions. Don't wear it on your sleeve. Don't do it in public. Certainly don't do it at church. It ain't right in that place. If it's not right here, then where is it right? Because Leviticus said you better do it in community. And you can't give thanks if you're putting on a facade. You can't. Jesus said, go show yourselves. What's the reply? What's the appropriate response? There was only one who gave glory to God, fell at Jesus' feet, and gave thanks to him. Last week, we looked at Matthew chapter 12, the beginning part of that. Jesus, the Lord of the Sabbath. Jesus is greater. He's greater. And see, this one leper recognized that. He's on his way, and he's healed. And I know Jesus told me that I better go over there and tell the priests, but Jesus is greater than the priests. He's greater than the temple. He's greater than creation because he is the creator. And I'm going to turn back around because the one that I just called out to, the one who I recognize as Master and Messiah, he answered my prayer. And when he got there, what did he do? He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he said, thank you, Jesus. Thank you. That's the kind of God that we serve. 
But see, we put on a facade and we act like I'm not really going to get up at church. I'm not really going to walk up to the front during the time of invitation. I'm not going to get real in front of those other people because someone might think I'm weird if I really get broken before God. And what God said through Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God unto salvation for everyone believing. But we get up, if we get up, and we walk up to the front, see, because we like our polite, formal religion, I grew up Catholic, bless yourself, get down on your knees, maybe pretend to pray so that people will think you're a really holy person, and then get up, and then go back to your seat. See, if you can't get real with God, if you can't make an honest request and recognize him, then he's not going to do anything in your life. He's not. Go and show the priest. See, the very act of what Jesus commanded wasn't to rub it in their faces because Todah, Thanksgiving, when that leper, when that ten group of ten men went over there and showed themselves to the priests, what was the response that should have happened by the priests? The priest should have said, oh my Lord, who did this? I know Bump. He's been suffering with leprosy for years. And as I peel off all of the rags, his skin is perfect. Praise God. Who did this? I want to go and meet Jesus. That man that I've been shaming and accusing of all these things, he truly is Messiah? He's doing all of the things that the Old Testament said he would do. What was Jesus' response to John the Baptist? Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect a different quality of Messiah? And Jesus responded to his disciples and said, go and tell John what I've been doing. I'm healing lepers, because that's what Scripture said Messiah is going to do. And so the priest should have heard that, and they should have been overjoyed, but instead their response was, all of you get out of here. Hey guys, come on, let's, how are we going to kill this guy, Jesus? What's the plan? Somebody draw it up on the clipboard. Oh yeah, we'll lure him in, and then we'll get him. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Let's plot to kill Jesus. Why? Why do we do such a thing? And, and we'll look at them and say, those evil religious leaders. And I wonder, are our hearts really that much different? Are our hearts really that much different? Maybe we wouldn't confess to really wanting to string Jesus up on the cross. Maybe not. But maybe we want to kill his ministry in our lives. Maybe we're embarrassed. Maybe we really are ashamed of the gospel. Maybe we're really afraid and embarrassed to give thanks publicly and vocal. And the answer to that question, why, is because todah requires humility. It requires a recognition of who God is, which means that we have to recognize we're not. Jesus is God, which means I'm not. Humility is required. You don't have to turn there, but there's a great psalm. 
that David wrote. Many of the Psalms are attributed to David. And nearly half of the occurrences of Todah in the Old Testament occur in the Psalms. Nearly half. Thanksgiving. Psalm 8, David writes, because it needs to be public and it needs to be vocal, so he turns his praise into song. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. David recognizes God is not just my Lord, but our Lord, the Lord of creation. How majestic is your name throughout the earth. And in verse three, David goes on to write, says, when I observe your heavens, the shepherd boy who is probably sitting out at night looking up at the Milky Way and all of the vastness of the stars that we can only dream of today with all of the contamination of the sky by our lights from cities, we can't see a fraction of the stars that David saw and the beauty that he beheld. And as he looked up, it compelled him to write this, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, that God could create a vast material universe effortlessly. The moon and the stars which you set in place, what is mankind that you remember him? Who am I? Is what David's saying. Who am I? Humility. Humility. Todah endures forever. My original plan, my plan, not God's, was to specifically focus in on Psalm 136. And as oftentimes happened between the publishing of the bulletin and the final preparation of my sermon, God does what God wants to do. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Todah endures forever. All of the sin, all of the guilt, all of the shame, all of the atonement, all of the other sacrifices, conscious and unconscious sin, intentional and unintentional, it was all satisfied at the cross. Amen? All of it. But the beauty is, is that Todah endures forever. See, we don't have to go on continue, continually making sacrifices because Jesus took care of all that. But the voluntary Thanksgiving offering, we get to do that forever. Psalm 136. It's called in Jewish cultures oftentimes the great Halael, the great praise psalm, because in each and every verse, all the way through verses 1 through 26, it begins saying, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his kessed love, his faithful love, his loving kindness endures forever. In every verse, his faithful love endures forever. So my question is, as I close the sermon today, Todah. Is it truly in you? Is Todah a spirit of thanksgiving like that one leper?
Is it truly in you? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your incarnation, your advent, that first Christmas morning. When the eternal sun, the creator of the heavens and the earth that set the moon and the stars stepped down from heaven into a fallen creation that we wrecked in order to make things right. The light of the world stepped down into darkness. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your sacrifice as Agnes Dei, the Lamb of God, the perfect and spotless Lamb, the only one who could pay the price, the atonement for our sin, to bridge that gap, to bring us back together with God so that we could enjoy Todah, Thanksgiving, in your presence for all eternity. Lord Jesus, we love you. I pray this morning that hearts have been changed, that they've been touched, that the seed of faith has been planted in lives and in and through gospel community that it will be watered and cultivated and that it will produce a crop 30, 60, 100 times that which is sown. Lord Jesus, we love you. And we pray all these things in your precious name and all God's people said, Amen.